Welcome to the Osprey Podcast. Today we have a man whose injury recovery would arguably give Wolverine a run for his money. Roman Hoa is a big mountain skier and mountaineer and general multi-sport machine. He'll be doing a live Q&A on our Instagram very soon, so make sure you go follow at Osprey Europe to get involved. I'm your host, Marcus Brown, and this is the Osprey Podcast. Roman, thanks for coming on. How you doing, mate? I'm doing great. Are you guys <laughs> still in full lockdown there, or what's what's the situation in Austria? No, we are pretty much allowed. Actually, we are allowed to do pretty much everything right now. I think. Um, oh, not, wicked! Yeah, we still have the mask, the mask uh, thing. We have to wear the mask, and mm. uh, like now, not big groups together, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's it sure. pretty much. But they, sure. in the next the next weeks, it looks like everything is going back to normal, which nice. is... You're a little further along the road than the UK then. Yeah. So let's um, start off. There's a lot I want to cover with you because having done some reading up on you, I, I've seen you've got a lot of crazy stories that I'd like to dig into. <laughs> um, let's start off with Red Bull Rise and Fall. You've won mm-hmm. twice, is that right? um i first place I, twice and then I, I think three or four times actually three or four times wow it's like seven to, this last year was eight the eighth time and i think we won three or four time and then two second places one third yeah some, so something like this tell us a bit about the event what is it how does it work um it's a team event beginning of december in my and Zillertal, my home place so it's mm-hmm. pretty pretty nice to to be part there with all the the locals and the homies and friends. Um, for me, it's pretty much just for fun. The other ones are like really crazy athletes. Like uh, yeah, there's like uh, one team is out is like four athletes. There is like the beginner is the it starts with the mountain uh, ski touring man who is running up 400 meters. Um, and then the next one is, uh, the paraglider. He has to run up 50 meters and then fly down. And then, then there's the biker. The biker has to go back up to the same place again, where the, where the mountain runner was or the ski tourer. And then, uh, and then it's my turn, the skier or snowboarder who has to go down two minutes, a downhill course, really steep and the uh, icy slope. And then, uh, in the bottom part you have to jump out of your skis and then do some obstacles and uh oh, run, wow. run over an icy hill and you're already out of breath and like awesome. yeah <laughs> can't can run can't run anymore and like it's super crazy because your legs are like tired crazy and then uh yeah yeah and then the the, the fastest team wins amazing so and so it's basically like a a relay on steroids <laughs> yeah it's crazy and it's yeah it's a mass start so they start all together and then yeah it's pretty pretty intense and uh a good show it's everything is live there's a live cast and uh a big video wall in the in the bottom area in the in the finish area so it's pretty fun to watch and yeah it's it's pretty intense because it's 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 not just my part I mean, it's my part to, to do the best, but it's also if the other guys are really good and you're in the top three spots and you're up there pretty easy. And then like the biker comes up and another biker and they come together 
really close and then it's your mm. turn and you have to run because at first the skier has to run like 120 meters on snow or 150 Oof. and then you're already on 200 hertz rate <laughs> and, then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you jump <laughs> in the skis and then you go down downhill and you're out of breath already before you even got into the skis and then uh, and then there is another one maybe behind you really close or in front of you and then you fight with this guy and like a ski across downhill combination with running and Amazing. yeah it's it's really intense but it's always super fun and uh yeah i actually hate competitions <laughs> i did it like oh, really? too many years yeah i was i became a, a, a like a skier when my dad put me on skis in the age of two and then i was uh, skiing till i was 15 or doing competitions all like nearly every weekend like those wow. small ski competitions at the beginning and, uh, yeah, I really started to hate competitions because I had to do too many and I was always super nervous yeah. and, uh, right. yeah. And I'm still very nervous at the, at the start at the rise and fall Really, because then the, the heli comes up and then they shooting and the cameras and right, people yeah. yelling and then you have pressure. Right? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. the pressure is on for sure. Did, so how many, com how many competitors are there in each, each year? I think about 80 teams. So like 80, so 80 teams 80, or four 84. People. Yeah. Yeah. What were the four activities again? Was, was the first one running? The first one was ski mountaineering. If there's no snow, then right, it's sorry. mountain running. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So yeah. ski mountaineering or mountain running, mm -hmm. then mountain biking, then paragliding, then skiing. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. When there's that many people on the mountain, do you not have issues, particularly with the, the paragliding as well? Do you not have issues of space? Like, people crashing and yeah, just space? Like is that not a problem? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean I'm I'm <laughs> at the at the top at the top bar too where the paraglider start. Yeah. So I'm right there and it's yeah, it's game on. It's like full metal check and it's crazy. It's like a war zone. Everybody runs up and then <laughs> and then they don't like kind of stop and pull out their, their glider and then they check and do this and that. And then yeah. they start, it's like they run there and they have a, a system where they like pull a, a, a block where the, the, the glider unfolds or falls out of the back and then they just keep right. running and then it somehow comes up and then it's like the wing on the left is too much forward and the other one and then the wind is Ooh. shitty and... <laughs> <laughs> so it's really crazy and yeah it's it's really nice to watch and yeah i mean i'm a paraglider too but i never would do that because i would <laughs> my pants <laughs> yeah. Is it just because you wouldn't you'd be worried about it yeah otherwise being tangled and not being able to sort it out in time and you're already running off the edge of a cliff yeah it's crazy and then there's <laughs> like a, there's like two houses on the left and then there are trees and yeah, it's, uh, it's intense. It's intense. Man, and they are really is. good at it. So they, they can yeah. handle it. And, uh, so you, men you mentioned that you paraglide as well. Um, yeah. Yes. I also, I know that you're a, you're a mountain biker as well as being a skier, you're mm -hmm. a mountain biker, a snowboarder, a mountaineer, a trail runner, a fisherman, <laughs> a hunter, a surfer yeah. and a paraglider and <laughs> a pilot and a dad. Yes. How do you find the time for all of those? I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Are, are they, have you, did you set out with the goal of, I want to be able to do all these things or was it just along the way you sort of fell into trying this other thing and then you fell into this thing and you just enjoyed it so much that you kept doing it? Um, I mean, yeah, the skiing, the paragliding, uh, the skiing and the biking 
and the hiking, climbing, trail running, that was always part of my life because if you sure. live straight in the Alps or in the middle of the Alps, it's kind of Just normal to do that. Life around there. Yeah. And then the, the paragliding and, the, and the, the, the surfing and that kind of stuff I always wanted to do. And the surfing I, I did for years, but you have to do it like regularly to get better. And it's mm. not so easy in the Alps to go surfing. <laughs> I mean, we have a river wave, but that sucks and it's really cold. Uh, and the paragliding, I started two years ago because a friend of mine, he, uh, he did like his own paragliding school and he said, I have to do it now. And then I did it and yeah, it's so much fun. It's, it's the best. It's like two days ago we had a, we went up on a sunrise tour. Uh, we decided, decided at 10 o'clock in the evening and the day before, and then we went up at 3.20 and then walked up for two hours and then we had the sunrise. And then, uh, yeah, we, we threw out the paraglider, flew down, had breakfast at seven, oh. back to, to the family for like two or three hours, F the full chaos again. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then in the office for two hours, then I went on the bike for another two hours, then back to the, to the bigger daughter and, uh, played with her for another three hours. And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's heavy times, heavy times. <laughs> I mean, I was already, I, I was already super busy with all my hobbies, sports, yeah. uh, to, to do all of them. And uh, now with two kids, it's even crazier. Yeah, and, and for sure, I want to spend time with them too. It's, it's so much fun. Hmm. Um, but yeah, if I have to do some sport too, otherwise I, I'm not happy and I get, Lose your mind, I, yeah. I get, I get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so have you got the, have you got the kids on the skis yet? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean yeah, the older I one, the, young, the younger one, the boy is, he's born two weeks ago. So he's oh, just okay. wow. two, two Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> well, well. No, no wonder you, uh, you said you were tired when we first came <laughs> on that now. <laughs> yeah. that, that explains it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask about. I was going to ask about your experience on. Was it Grossglockner? Is that how it's Grossglockner? Yes, the Grossglockner. It's the, the, the highest, highest mountain in Austria. Yes. Tell us what happened in 2010 when you were there. Um, yeah, it was the time when I was young and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean everything started with I was in Alaska the weeks before. And I had the time of my life, helicopter, Bluebird, best snow conditions they had since years, they said. And it really was like really all time conditions, skied the, the biggest stuff ever. And then that was in uh, beginning of April. And then I went back home. I was at home for one or two weeks. And there was this project to ski that main shoot at uh, Großglockner. It's like a up to 55 degrees deep uh, shoot down like on the backside on the north side of the mountain. Mm. And uh, it's like, I think six or 700 meters long or even 800, I don't know. And then uh, we had that project to rope in, which is already the first mistake we did because normally you hike up the Colorado and then ski it. We did the rope in because the, okay. the, the top part was pretty uh, there was no snow, so we did a rope in, and it was like 65 degrees, so you couldn't even There's ski. There's a rope it. in where you like go down with the rope, the rope from the top where you 
go down with okay. the rope for like 50 meters or like 80 right. meters. And then uh, we stopped there. We uh, set up the film team. We roped them down another like 100 meters to, to get everything ready and start filming. And at that time, it was already pretty warm. So the sun was in there and uh, we had a lot of, of snow, ice and, and rocks coming down. And then there was this moment where like this big kind of black thing came down from the top and I looked up and I was just yelling to my friends like, uh, take care, big rock coming. And everybody was like, well, fuck, fuck, what's going on? And then you looked up and there was like the sun just above the, the Colua. And then the big rock like was in front of the sun and you could, you couldn't see the sun anymore. Like it was like, Oof. yeah, really sketchy. And, uh, you, you saw all the, like all the rocks flying around. And then I was on, trying to, to hop on the other side of the Colua because the rock was coming down on the right side. And then he changed his way and came on the other side again. And everybody was like, well, what's going on? Where should we go? And then we were pretty lucky and this rock uh, I mean, the size was like a, a small car maybe, or like a wow. moped up to a small car, like really big. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it went next to us or like, yeah, we went on the right side, it went through the left side and, uh, yeah, everybody was like, uh, super, yeah. Some of them couldn't even talk anymore. <laughs> mm. And I was like, we have to get out of here now because I don't want to stay in here any longer <clears throat> because it's too sketchy and it's icy and I'm, I'm shaky knees and everybody was like, yeah, let's go. And then I put like the rope around my, my shoulders and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I tried to ski really slow on the, on the ice, but then I, I got faster and I got on like pure ice, which I couldn't really see from, from above. And then I got really fast. And then I don't know, I think my, my, uh, the lower ski, however you call that, the, the tal ski where you have the most pressure on, like, uh, uh, uh I, I left it, like I kicked the ski off or came off. And then I, I had, I was on one ski and tried to, to get the speed down. Uh, it didn't work. I crashed in the rocks and then I fall back into the Colua and then I tomahawked for like 400 meters. And, uh, I think I, I, so I, you're just, you're just spinning down the mountain. Yeah. Like hardcore, meters. like 50, Oof. 80 KMs or even more and wow. double, triple tomahawks. Uh, I, I think I lost my helmet on the second impact. My Oof. helmet broke. Everything flew off. Um, my skis came off, my bindings flew off, my buckles of the, my, even my buckles and my sole of the boot came off because of the impact. And then it was like, uh, at the lower part, there was like, a, a really tight exit and there was like a diving board to the left. And then I went all the way, which I think I was lucky to go on the diving board. And then I had like a 50 meter free fall. And landed behind the Bergschund, like two meters behind the Bergschund, behind the, the the crack in the in the yeah, in the snow. And luckily, it was super soft down there and a little not flat, like kind of steep angle where I landed in. So 
yeah, somehow, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I knocked out or blacked out after that second mm. Tomahawk already. So I, I don't remember. I was say, that. Yeah. But they, were, you, were you conscious for much of this? But. Yeah, yeah, totally. My friends, they told me afterwards, they were standing up there and looking at me and they were like, okay, that's, that's, yeah, that's it. Wow. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I was lying there. I did another, I think 37 like holes you could like, uh, count in the snow where I landed afterwards till I finally stopped. And then I stopped and, uh, I think on the last roll or the second last or something like this, I, I, uh, I came back to myself and then I, uh, I was sitting there and looking up the mountain and then like, uh, the toe piece of my binding came next to me and buckles and the rope and, uh, climbing gear and food and everything. So it was like, uh, it looked like a war zone up there because my backpack was ripped off the straps crazy. Everything, everything. And then, then I had blood in my face and my finger was like 90 degrees off and my knee hurt uh, my back. And, and I was like, okay, I have no idea what happened. <laughs> it doesn't look <laughs> that great for me. <laughs> and yeah. It was, was pretty intense. And my friends came down like 10 to 15 minutes later and they couldn't believe I'm standing there and collecting my gear together. Yeah. And so you were able to kind of get up and move around then. Yeah. I was super like all the adrenaline. I couldn't really feel that much uh, pain at that moment. Mm. And then they tried to put me down, but then I told them I have to get up because I have to real hard <laughs> that, <laughs> that that's that's what happens when you when you uh get knocked out and have so much like all those rotations and all yeah. the adrenaline it's like all the blood goes to your stomach and uh and then yeah you have to get real hard that's what i did um <laughs> but the funny or like the bad thing was i uh pulled down my pants uh but um yeah somehow quite a bit of that stuff uh, got in my pant (laughs) (laughs) and and not in the snow so uh i had a nally situation going on there (laughs) so i pulled back up my pen and they was all my friends they saw it and they were like um uh, mm, yeah okay yeah whatever (laughs) just (laughs) lay back down and uh, the helicopter is coming and then they came in and it was like a towing um, they put me on the rope, flew me out and yeah. And, uh, they couldn't believe I, where I crashed and that I survived it. Mm. Um, and I so didn't, didn't just have... going, going back to the beginning for a moment. The, what was it that actually caused it? What was it that went wrong? Um, yeah, I think it was a combination of stupid decisions, uh, unlucky conditions and, also my decision to leave the mountain fast right. on ice You're rushing. in combination in on combination with shitty, uh, shitty uh, touring boots and bindings because 2010 it wasn't like how it is right okay. now right so um, so the ski popped out and then you're yes. stuck on one ski yeah. You can't slow down enough. And then I crashed in the rocks and then from there on. In the rocks, bounce back into the couloir. Yes. Spin down for 400 meters, 
mm-hmm. going over your head all the way down. Yes. And then another free fall. Off an and... edge, free fall, 50 meters. Mm-hmm. Get up and walk away. <laughs> Got up, had a big sh- <laughs> <laughs> Went to the hospital. And then I was there for, I, they put me straight into the, into the emergency room, kind of, because they thought like I'm pretty close to, to, mm. yeah, that I'm done to pretty much. Intensive care. And then they were like all the doctors, they were already ready to, 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 uh, yeah, to go wild with me <laughs> in the, in the OP. But, uh, they were really surprised that I'm, I was able to, to talk and, Hmm. and move a bit, little bit and so i i didn't had really big um uh, how do you say like uh yeah i just broke my face quite a bit on the left side because i right. i don't know hit rocks on my knee or whatever so i have uh quite a few metal stuff on my i really still up, still up. now yeah, yeah, it's still in there. It was like a, a mm. big fracture on my the upper cheek and then wow. the, up at the eye. My eye was like, yeah, pulled in two or three millimeters to the back because all that bone was broken. Mm. Um, yeah, but it wasn't that bad actually because they told me that I think at that time 23 people who fell down there out of those 23, 22 died. So wow. one guy from Czech public survived. He was uh, paralyzed, and I'm the the only guy who, yeah, came away. Who's still around and uh, Rel- ca- relatively unharmed. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so yeah. did that um, did that change you at all? Yes. Um, I had for sure problems to to ski steep stuff or shitty snow and i still don't like to go or ski above big cliffs like snowfall zones really um i had definitely two three years where it was really tough to to yeah to uh where my mind played me tricks or like mm, yeah, yeah. you where well, you can't get rid of the doubts and you're just yeah yeah and and not just with skiing it's also with other stuff really? um like also with uh i don't know family troubles or whatever when you mm-hmm. think back and like you know it's not even worth to 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 fight or uh, argument about st- stupid stuff like this because yeah you're lucky to be alive and uh, could have been way worse and uh yeah enjoy the, the, okay, the good so things it, and yeah i was gonna say yeah you, it's not just uh something that haunts you it's clearly something you feel you've learned lessons from as well yeah taken value from yeah for sure i mean it was a super close call and uh yeah lucky to to still be around and do what i love so yeah moving forward one year then only one year mm-hmm. uh i i heard a story about um you helping find a guy who had some sort of run-in with an avalanche Mm -hmm. i don't know any of the details but what what happened there uh we were up at my home mountain shooting i think an episode back then with nike and uh and then so uh, you were you were back on the mountain within a year then yeah yeah it happened in spring in april 28th or something like this so okay in 2010 
and then yes so pretty much 10 years to today no not today no it's my but yeah but like pretty much 10 <laughs> years yeah and then uh, i think it was two months later i was in bali exactly the same day two months later no actually one month later i was in bali surfing one wow. month later yes I think four or five months later in August, I was in Chile skiing again on a K2 shoot. Okay. So four or five months you were not only skiing, yeah. but skiing as part of shoots. Yeah. Down in South America. Probably pretty quick recovery then. So, okay. So we, we moved forward into 2011. An avalanche happens and somebody's been caught in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were filming and then uh, I just buckled up or went over to, to get my skis and stuff ready. And then my, my friend yelled at me on the radio, where are you? Where are you? What's going on? There's a big cloud avalanche. And I was like, Whoa, what are you talking about? And I just looked over the edge and there was like a massive cloud down in the, in the bowl. So a guy who was actually behind me because I did the first trek, he traversed below me and set up an avalanche. I tried to go around because I knew it's dangerous there and he followed, or maybe, I don't know, but I think he followed me or those guys followed me. And the first one dropped in, traversed under the cornice, something happened, he triggered an avalanche and then he got all the way down, like more than one and a half kilometers. So, um, yeah, it was pretty much just me up there on the top. And then I, I radioed my, my filmer and asked him if he has an eye on him or if he knows where about and what's going on. And then he spotted me a little bit to get there where he saw it or where he saw him last. And then I got a signal real quick on my, on my, uh, on my transceiver. And then when I got closer, I saw a, a glove sticking out of the snow. And then, uh, yeah, after like two minutes, I got him out or three or four, I don't know. And, uh, he was, he was, like still, uh, uh, I could talk to him, but he was still conscious. Yeah. Really, really shocked and snow in his mouth and, uh, and blood running out of his nose and yeah, he didn't look good, <laughs> but he survived and he was stoked that I helped him. But, uh, do you know what the injuries he sustained were? Um, I think he broke a sh his shin and, uh, his hand or something like this brutal I, yeah. I remember jimmy chin telling a story where he he got caught in an avalanche and uh, mm -hmm. afterwards somehow he he came away without any breaks or anything but that the, he was just in pain all over yeah and the doctors said that um that his body was i think he described it as as though he'd been bruised like he'd been hit by a bus yeah that's just everything that's the same. Yeah. That's in the avalanche when, I mean, you hit stuff, it's hard snow. I mean, at first it's soft snow, but then it gets hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah the same with me in Glockner. I, I looked like, uh, like, I don't know, I was in an MMA fight for, for 10, <laughs> 10 minutes with, uh, 10 other guys and they were just hitting me. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. So, I mean, how, how common are avalanches in, in these kinds of places? I'm, yeah, I mean, you can't really, s it depends on the winter, on the snow situation, but we have avalanches around here for sure. I mean, there are spots where you have a good chance that you trigger it every time we get new snow because perfect angle, wind affected. Yeah. Right. But you have. Because it's not, it's not like firmed up yet. It's all quite loose still. Yeah. yeah. And right. mostly 
the wind comes from this side when the snow comes and then the cornices and yeah i mean that's mm. that's like everywhere it depends on the snow and the wind and and the yeah. snow bag and that kind of stuff temperatures do you worry about it about avalanches mm. yeah yeah for sure definitely i mean that's that's the the biggest the biggest uh, yeah danger out there besides rocks and uh doing stupid stuff and jumping off to like crazy cliffs avalanches you can't <laughs> you can't really you never know i mean you should know and you should should be good at like calculating but there's always those last percent where you don't know what really happens mm. and uh yeah i'm trying to to know where i'm going to have a plan b to don't ski like massive faces where if something happening happens everything is coming down and it's over so uh yeah do exercise win prizes sounds pretty good right well we're offering you the chance to win a massive bundle of multi-sport prizes including our hugely popular duro running pack performance synchro silver biking pack and super versatile talon tempest hiking pack plus a collection of multi-sport clothing if that sounds good to you just visit the osprey europe instagram account at osprey europe to get involved in the Osprey 14 Challenge alongside the superhuman mountaineer himself, Nims Persia. That's at Osprey Europe for the hashtag Osprey 14 Challenge. Let's move on to the next, the next tale in the saga, if you will. Um, mm. You did a trip to Iran in 2014. Um, so we hiked into a zone for, I don't know, 12 hours with security guys with guns because it was close to the border of Iraq. Right. And, uh, they said something about rebels and, uh, re rebels from Iraq, from Iraq. Yeah. Mm. And they said there are bear bears and wolves too. So, and we, we heard the wolves, uh, Hoiling, howling, yo yodeling, <laughs> the yodeling wolves. Um, so, what what actually took you to Iran in the first place? Then, why were you skiing there of all places? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, it, don't get me wrong; it looks epic. I've actually I've looked at um, going myself. I've got a friend uh, who I've known for many years who's from Iran. Yeah, we talked about trying to visit something. They're super nice and uh, a really cool country. Um, amazing mountains. Tehran, the city is pretty nice. Um, yeah. And as I said, the mountains, uh, are amazing. It's a big country. They have two seas on the North side and on the, on the South side. Um, yeah. And then we went skiing there, um, up to that lake in the South. And then we had a pretty good time till I triggered a wet avalanche, which I got caught and pulled over rocks. And then I broke my kneecap. <laughs> So Iran isn't the spot to break anything. Mm. Yeah, I didn't really know it at that moment that I broke my kneecap. I thought it's just a big bruise under my kneecap. Right. So we stayed up there for another three nights and I, I thought with some painkillers, maybe I can't ski again, but it got worse. And then, uh, so we, the weather got bad. And then there was the decision to, to try to get a, a military helicopter to fly out, to fly me out. And then they said it is possible, but there's also the chance that we get 
shot that they shoot us. And I was like, what do you mean? Like shoot us the helicopter or what? And they said, yeah, because it's close to Iraq and you never know. And I was like, okay, then I maybe try to walk or ski as long as possible down the flats and then walk. Mm. And then I did that. And then everything got really, really bad with my knee. I got kind of a compartment syndrome. There was like an eight hour drive involved another three days on the airport to try to get out. What, didn't, is, what is compartment syndrome? It's, it's like when you have, when it's really swollen and then the pressure, like you, your knee and your leg, your ligaments blew up really bad. And then mm. somewhere there is the, the time where you have to, some, somehow the pressure has to get out. Otherwise your skin rips up and then, Oof. yeah, it's really crazy. So you needed, yeah. you basically needed medical attention to release that Yeah, pressure. for sure. And I went into the hospital or like to a doctor in the south of Iran and he checked it and he said it's nothing broken and everything's good. So yeah. that was the moment I knew I will not do any uh, surgery in uh, Iran. Or at least, <laughs> I mean, there is good hospital in Tehran, I think. But then I talked to my um, doctor at home and he said I should try to get home as fast as I can. Yeah. And they and they already set up a plan to how we can inject and uh, like, yeah, try to, to do a little surgery. <laughs> like, wow. yeah. Kind Just of crazy stuff. some of that pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was hard to leave the country because I had no flight. And then I told them my knee, I'm f***ed up. I have to go home. Where's the problem? Yeah. It wasn't that easy. And then I came home three days or four days later after the, or actually five days later after the crash. And then I landed at home straight to the hospital. And then uh, I had surgery straight away. And they said I, maybe a few hours later, there would be a good chance that I uh, would have lost my leg. Wow. Because of the, the, the swooling, the compartment syndrome. <sighs> so that's a pretty close call. Another good story. <laughs> <Once again. laughs> it seems yeah. like you've been through the ringer, mate. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay, so we've, we've got a fair uh, amount of experience with uh, near-death experiences. How has that changed your approach? to? Because you're still doing these extreme sports and you know whilst injuries like that don't happen all the time and you've been very yeah. unlucky to have two of them um oh i have more of them <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> like <laughs> like not like not that bad but not uh, as dramatic one, but plenty one, of injuries one year later i i uh i jumped into the flat and knocked knock myself out and my knee in my face that two of my front toes those oh. guys were stuck on my in my knee Oh. Or the half, the half of them. <laughs> you lost half of the two front teeth into your own knee. Yes. <laughs> so I got a you've new been, one and the other it, one was pulled. <laughs> that was one year later, yeah. It's part of the game. So, yeah, uh, and, and you're, you're still in the game. And this is what I find interesting is, is that, you know, you're still recreating and, and pushing yourself in these sports what yeah. keeps you going back regardless of the fact that you keep absolutely nutting yourself <laughs> i don't know as i mean i try to to get more wise and make better decisions but mm -hmm. i mean there's always the point where you feel good again and nothing will happen 
and then there is the point where something goes a little bit wrong and then something can go really wrong and then it goes really fast and yeah it's i mean it's part of the game but yeah it definitely throws you back uh, after every injury and the older you get the the longer it takes to come back for sure but it's it's my it's my profession it's my uh yeah it's your livelihood it's, it's it? what it's what i it's what it's what I, I like to do it's what i love it's what i live for i mean i will not do it till i'm 60 i think mm. i mean my my body will let me know when it's time to to slow it down and i'm still not doing stupid things like i did when i was like 26 sure. <laughs> or like in the beginning of the 20s when i wasn't yeah. thinking much about what can happen if what if it goes wrong right, yeah. right now it's it, more it's much more calculating and trying to keep it safe than the years do you back. find you you struggle to keep the like do you find yourself seeing yourself bailing like you know seeing seeing the accident happening in front of you as you're imagining doing it yeah yeah and i do, mean how that's... do you how do you balance this is safe to do and i can handle this and mm-hmm. that those feelings of like oh but what if this happens what if this happens what if i was to just catch this wrong and then i'd go tumbling and you know how do you balance those two waves of thought yeah good question i mean i never had that in the young years but then after my injuries, it got like after Glockner, it got really worse because I was standing on top and I was like, if that happens now, I'm dead. If that happens, I'm dead and all that kind of stuff. And then I had to get over that. I had to go back to, to get a better feeling. Um, and also to, to say no to the camera guy or whoever who is down there and says, it looks great and let's do it. If I'm not con- yeah, like hundred percent sure, I will not do it. Yeah. And, uh, and now it's more about, yeah, calculating things way more and, uh, and, uh, testing the snow maybe, or doing a smaller line before I go for the big one, mm-hmm. <laughs> because back in the days it was like, whoa, that looks amazing. I would hit the biggest cliff I will find. And now it's for sure more about testing how everything yeah. feels, how the snow is, how, yeah, how my body feels. What was your process for being able to start taking those things on again was it just finding a slightly smaller challenge a slightly simpler challenge and then working your way towards yeah i think yeah like you start small and then try with something bigger and then get more confident and just a step-by-step process yeah step by step as we said you've you've had this plethora of injuries now and they've and they've made you question um some of the decisions you're making on the mountain and stuff did did any of that change any further when you became a dad um yeah for sure definitely so i'm sometimes i'm when i know tomorrow is the day there's good snow we have two camera guys tomorrow's the day to to get things done i'm way more nervous than before like the years Mm -hmm. back uh and and then when i became dad it even got more about or worse that I was thinking more and and what happens if that happens and yeah I got even more nervous about all that kind of stuff but then when I'm on the mountain and then when I drop in then everything is not back to to you're in your element the first turns Mm -hmm. feel good you know what you're doing and then you don't think anything else anymore then you're 100% focused and then, 
you f you're feeling it and then you do what you love and uh you if if and then if you start thinking about if i do this and then i break my leg and then my kids and my what happens then it's already too late i mean you have to focus mm -hmm. and don't think about anything else anymore when you drop in i mean before all that i have all those thoughts and what happens if and what and this and there and but once the decision is made yeah it's <clears throat> for sure yeah that i think that's the beauty of those sorts of sports isn't it, it it's forcing you to be absolutely focused on what you're doing and, and yeah, not even necessarily consciously thinking about it but yeah just it's just it. it's that moment and then even during skiing it's not about thinking i wanted to go here and do this and do, and do that it's more about well this turn feels good it looks great over there i know it's good there i can jump here um the the top jump was perfect let's go bigger on the on the second one or yeah hmm. It's and and then there is the point when it's going too good, then it then it sometimes gets catchy because you get too over motivated and then you just send it and then you have to find the balance where, <laughs> yeah, where where it gets too 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 crazy, uh, too crazy and uh, too sketchy, <clears throat> and then where you have to say no again, <laughs> like okay, not not bigger, not today, That's enough, yeah. yeah. Do you have any advice for younger skiers um, or or people of other extreme sports in regards yeah. to how to find that balance? Get a normal job. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, start small, train, train a lot. Try to really concentrate on what you want to do. Don't do it for the camera. Like don't, I mean, friends and everybody can push you, but it's your decision. What do you do? They don't, I mean, you break your leg. They don't break their leg or yep. it's, it's your decision. Do it for you. Uh, it's your gut feeling. You have to make the decision. What do you do? And have fun, <laughs> have fun and stay safe. And then you, there's definitely luck involved too. Uh, you never know where there's like a ice chunk or like a, a rock yeah. sticking out or not, or like pretty close under the snow for a surface. There's always yeah. this, there's last percent where you can't really say it's safe or not. Just accept the fact there's risk involved. Yeah. I mean, on every sport, same on, yeah. on soccer, same on, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, that's something I think a lot of people forget, actually. I've trained parkour for like mm -hmm. over 10 years. People will yell at you from across the street and say, like, you're going to hate yourself. What are you doing? <laughs> you think, like, you would, yeah, I, I can't imagine you going onto a rugby field and telling yeah. all those blokes to go home because they're going to hurt themselves. You know, like, yeah. it's, always, it's always hard for people they, if, they are, if they are not like into that sport and don't uh, like know how that everything works or how much training you put in mm -hmm. when they are not doing it, they can't. Yeah, it's they, it's, they it's a lack of familiarity, isn't it? It's they, yeah. they don't know they don't know what they're looking at, and they don't yeah. realise that you you actually know what you're doing. Yeah, and yes, there is risk there, but you've done everything you can to minimise it. Yes, that's the thing. Yeah, let's um let's finish up with your lockdown recommends. We're looking for a, a film or TV recommend, one song and one other. What are you going to go for? I watched this, this, uh, how was it called? Versace, the American crime story on Amazon prime. That was pretty oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Cool. I think it was called Versace. Yeah. From the, the mode, the, the fashion designer. Cool. And song, what song? 
I think from Sweet Fox on the Run, one of my favorite songs. Sweet I don't know if Fox. you guys Sweet. I'm gonna look them up. Fox on the Run. Sweet Fox on the Run. Yeah. The band is sweet. The band is sweet. And the song yes. is Fox on the Run. Fox on the Run, yes. Got it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know this. Everyone knows that song. Great tune. All right, cool. And then your other, what else are you going to recommend to people? I think it's important right now to to really go outside if you're allowed. And if it's just in the garden or uh, in in yeah in the tr- woods, to go outside, breath fresh air, um, think about something else than just the corona shizzle. And, uh, and uh, yeah, maybe don't watch too much news because you get crazy do sports that's the best thing you can do in this time read a good book uh chill out eat healthy and yeah (laughs) all right well make make kids (laughs) (laughs) make kids it's a good time to make kids um they're pretty easy all right i I mean that's they're pretty easy i mean they're they're pretty yeah no they're easy to make Well, there you go. Don't forget, Roman will be doing his live Q&A on our Instagram very soon, so you can quiz him about being an extreme sport athlete there. And also get involved in the Osprey 14 Challenge. It's so simple to get involved and you can win prizes just for doing exercise. It's a total win-win. So with that, I hope to see you out there getting after it. But otherwise, I've been your host, Marcus Brown, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Osprey Podcast. Podcast.